Welcome to HubShots, episode 39. My name's Craig Bailey from Zen Systems, and joining me today is my co-host Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found. Ian, how are you? Very good, Craig. How are you today? Really well. Now, welcome to all our listeners. Now, this is a podcast for marketing managers that are either considering using HubSpot or are currently using HubSpot. And we have lots of great tips, tricks, and lots of great information that you can action and take away to make your life better. Yeah, tons to get through today. And uh, we'll start with our inbound thought of the week, which is shot one, something we like to go through each week about inbound. Yes. And uh, this week, you've actually done this. You showed me this course, Craig, that from Gary Vernichuk, and it's about personal branding. And I think it's fantastic. I'd love to do it. Yeah, it's well worth doing. And the reason we're mentioning it is because Gary's one of the keynote speakers at Inbound this year. And I've been following him kind of on and off over time. I haven't had like a a strong uh, opinion of him, but then I did his course. He's got a two-hour course on Udemy or Udemy or Udemy or whatever. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but it's U-D-E-M-Y. We've got a... um, link Link in the show notes yeah and make sure you make sure you get a voucher by the way discount vouchers you can always get their courses (laughs) and reduce rate but yeah he did this one on personal branding the reason i'm mentioning it is because you get a good insight into gary but also i would recommend marketing managers do this so if you think oh this is just about me 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 making my personal brand well sure that's part of it but it's actually what all marketing for brands should be so if you can understand the principles and then be applying it well to yourself and to your role that's a big advantage and the other thing about personal branding is we're actually finding that in marketing it's much more about what should we say the character of the brand yes companies are not just these faceless organizations anymore they've got to actually be putting themselves that's right and we spoke about this last week on your emails about sticking a picture about yourself and not sending emails from marketing at yourbusiness.com. It's all about personal connection. So, yeah, I really like Gary Vaynerchuk. And just remember, it's only 140 days to inbound. We'd love to see you there and we'd love to meet up with you. Yes, and we've even created a WhatsApp group for people. So if you want to join in on that WhatsApp group, let us know. Put a fill in the form and let us know and then we'll add you to the group. All right, moving on to shot two, HubSpot tip of the week. Now, I'm embarrassed to say, Ian, I didn't know about this. And that, so- yes, and I knew about it. And I thought you did, Craig. And this is to do with email stats, right? So when you're logged in, you're looking at your email stats. There's this very cool graph about time spent email. So it has kind of breaks it down into people who glanced at the email, they skim read it, or they actually read it. And it gives you a nice little graph with kind of like the percentages. And I, I have shown this to many people and they're like, wow, that's amazing. And I never realized you didn't know about it, Craig. Well, the reason I, I kind of pride myself on knowing the product really well. And so whenever I come across something like this, because I was going through some email reports, I was like, oh, what's this graph? Oh, that's really handy because you it's not actually on the first tab. No, you it's actually not. got to dig into people exactly. that opened the email yes. and then see stats on them. Yes. I was like, oh, what's this? Oh, this must be new. This is fantastic. So I looked it up. <laughs> they announced it like the start of last year. Yes. It's been 18 months ago. I was like, well, you know, I'd never seen it or maybe I had seen it but not appreciated it. And if that's me, then maybe there are some of our listeners who are in the same boat. So check it out. So I think the key with this is is just to understand over time, understanding how people are interacting with your emails and engaging with them. I think that's the key thing that you will understand from looking at this graph and these metrics. I think it's really useful, actually, because I was looking at some of our emails and how some of them do have good read, what should we call it, 
time spent time uh, yes. not whereas others where it's really glanced and just flicked through so it's it's another one of those ways to test your emails because even if they didn't click through you actually do get an indication of how they engaged if Correct. a lot of them are actually reading it the fact that they didn't click through might not be that bad they're actually mm. engaged and then there's that's that's actually actionable yeah all righty on to our tip of the week and more from john luma you know, sometimes I think we could just make a show where all we do is talk about John Luma, John Luma tips and Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> and Facebook. <laughs> and a HubSpot tip thrown in for good message. What's this week's tip? Now, this is about lead ads. So this was brought out probably three, four months ago. It was a new type of ad where you could actually collect the lead information directly in Facebook. So when someone said they were interested, they'd actually get whatever details that you were requesting without having to fill anything out because you're already logged in. So... I think one of the key things that I didn't know that you could do here was your bonus tip was to actually use Zapier or Zapier to connect lead ads to submit into HubSpot, MailChimp and other CRMs. Yeah, so one of the things about lead ads, and just, just to reiterate to people, so you're on Facebook and then you can that pops up a form within Facebook. So the big appeal of it is you never leave Facebook, but you can fill in a form to get free ebook or contact us or some other activity like that. Now, in the past, it was very hard to actually get that data out in an automated way. You actually had to download a CSV yes. or you had to pay for an expensive integration. <clears throat> so now that's all just uh, enabled via Zapier. That's a simple way to connect Facebook lead ads through to your systems. But the big tip that from John Luma is talking about the new update from Facebook is they've released this way to retarget to people who have engaged with your lead ad or your form. We're basically talking about yeah, that right. lead form popping up. Yeah. Before you didn't. You didn't know who had opened it and yes. you just definitely couldn't retarget to them. But now you can. Okay. Someone's opened the form. Maybe they didn't submit. They just closed it. You yep. can retarget to them because just the people that didn't even fill it in. And then other people that did fill it in, you can immediately retarget to them with something else, another yes. offer. This, again... Fantastic. We, really. we, we say it every week, don't we? Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. And it's not just B2C, it's B2B. These are the tools that are coming. This is the way that people like to engage. So grab these tools, work with them, and use it now while the window's there. We know of opportunities there. All right, on to our resource of the week. And we're just briefly going to mention this because we're actually going to unpack this in detail in a future episode. Yes, and this is to do with email marketing certification that HubSpot has had out for a couple of months now. It was in a beta phase and now has gone live to everybody. But it's fantastic. I think one of the things I thought about wouldn't be that detailed, but it is very, very detailed. Some of the things that discuss is about email marketing in your business, sending the right message with lifecycle marketing, Contact management and segmentation, really important. The components of a high-performance email, what is that? You know, how email design and functionality plays in. Uh, what is deliverability? And how do you develop relationships with lead nurturing effectively? And then, you know, measuring success with email analytics and optimization and testing. Yeah, it's a very... Test and measure, Craig. Test and measure, as we love to say. It's a very comprehensive course. The reason we've linked to it here is because there's actually just a public link. So you can go and do all the training. That's right. You don't necessarily need to be logged into HubSpot. You do if you do the exam, of course. Correct. But yeah, it's all available there. The other thing I'll say about this uh, course is that it's almost vendor neutral or vendor agnostic. Yeah, right. So there's, in fact, I think there's not even really a mention of a specific HubSpot feature in the entire course and it's definitely not in the exam nothing about that so you can apply this to any email 
platform that you're using that has a reasonable level of sophistication. And why is it important? Because email has the highest return on investment for your marketing spend. So generally it's about for every dollar spent, you get between 38 and $43 back. Yeah. When, well, the caveat, when it's done right. Correct. And this is why the course is so good. Yes. Because if you're actually doing a bit of email marketing and you're doing it you know, lazily and getting very little return, then this is the course for you. If all you're doing is pumping out a monthly newsletter and nothing else. To no everybody. Yeah, to yes. everyone, not even segmented. This is the course for you. It's excellent. Highly recommended. And we're going to unpack a few of those points. Now on to shop five, Craig, which is your opinion of the week, which is the importance of marketing attribution. Yes. Now, this was a really good article on forentrepreneurs.com. We've got a link there. And the whole topic of marketing attribution or attribution marketing is compelling and a differentiator. I think we're seeing people start to realize how important it is to work backwards to find out which channels, which marketing channels are actually contributing to growth. Now, this is an in-depth article. It's not HubSpot specific or anything. It's actually, if anything specific, it's more related to SaaS companies, software as a service company, but it applies equally across now, many B2B businesses. I'll tell you when they say, what what is marketing attribution? Mm. It is, are you spending your money wisely? That's it. That's it. Well, it's all about actually measuring or being able to measure uh, the touch points along the way. Because often we just take the last touch point. Oh, they just finally came to us via AdWords, filled in the form. Oh, it must be AdWords. And then, or we might say they initially came via something and we miss all the touch Correct. points in the, in, in, the, in the journey along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really important to understand that. I think as time has gone on, it's become more complex because there are different devices we use, different channels we use, and all of this has to come or play a part in the attribution that we give it because it's all steps along the way to converting or talking to that customer. So I think that's really important that people understand that. Yeah, and some of the interesting items that they cover in that article are just thinking about what's if they're offline points? And so this is a, uh, it's an interview-style article talking with uh, some of the CMOs who have led big companies like Zendesk and Slack and others yep. about how they attribute marketing channels back along the way. They have some great ideas like how you use coupon codes selectively to identify where they first found out about you. And if your market's big enough, how they would selectively do specific marketing pieces in certain locations just to see how that drove it. Because there might be nothing. It may be, say it's a billboard, for example, just driving a particular behavior. You can know in a specific location, we did see more people sign up there than elsewhere. And therefore, that was a way of validating. And just how they think about this. Now, we're actually going to cover in the next uh, two points just some very simple ways. But just thinking about that whole big picture, that's the future, that whole data-driven marketing uh, side of things. But yeah, some of the, I guess, some of the simple ways that we can get started on that. First one, I guess, is HubSpot. Yes. About attribution reporting, right? Yes. Even in the pro version, they've got some very simple attribution reporting functionality there. And uh, we've just included a screenshot in the show notes. But yeah, you can basically look at pages that generate the most leads or web content that kind of uh, generates leads to get attribution from that. So it's less about, oh, was it Facebook or was that actually less about the source? 
but more but about, more about the activity, where within your yeah, site. Yes. And then the next one you were talking about in Google Analytics, Craig. So I think this is another simple way just to get started with attribution reporting and just from the very basics, just looking at things like the paths that they yeah. go along. And they analytics has this assisted conversion yes. report. So it kind of does an average of all the ways that they came. Could be AdWords, could be social, could be direct, could be organic, and just kind of giving them a, a percentage apportionment of what contributed to conversions. Yeah. Now, Craig, for to have this in analytics, do you need to have goal set up? Ideally, you should have goals. That's right. Um, and I guess, I guess that's probably where we should have started. If you don't even have goals on your site, we've covered this in previous we episodes. Have. Yeah, but that's always a good reminder. If you don't have goals. If you don't actually have a goal set up, then how do you actually measure whether it's been successful? That's right. And I think even with your goals, even if you do, I would encourage you to put, even if it's not the right value, put a value beside the goal. Even if it's a dollar, if someone fills out that contact form, put a dollar in the box because that will really help you understand and over time drive really important behavior because I think it's that whole 80-20 of, you know, are you actually putting your money in the right place and are you spending time optimizing the right things right so if you know that at, at the point of uh, if someone's buying something if they're spending money on that page and you know that the goal value is say ten dollars and a contact form is a dollar then you'll spend more time optimizing the page where they're actually about to buy something excellent point all right on to shot six internet trend of the week and we started this last episode in fact probably two episodes ago looking at mary meeker's state of the internet report for 2016 we're going to spend a few minutes now just going through yet another interesting finding from that and that's all around voice search yes craig now i think this is fascinating because as you understand voice is playing a big part so like 20 percent of search now on google is actually voice related so people actually picking up their devices even sitting at their desks clicking that little button on the voice search and going craig can you tell me where to find the best pizza in sydney right so people are actually asking these questions and they're, it's becoming readily a bigger thing. And as you've probably seen, you know, even in the next version of Mac OS. Yes, that's right. There's going to be Siri, right? So you'll be able to search for things on your computer using Siri. Um, they're going to be using on your iPhone and iOS 10. They're going to be using uh, voice to do a lot of do a lot of things again but even read out messages and talk back to you right well i know even on our apple tv at home we, we've got the little control you just press the button and you talk into siri i think it is correct and, and finds the movies or the shows <clears throat> that you're after so it's all voice yeah. yeah so i think the biggest thing that stood out to me in this report is that you're reimagining voice and it's a new paradigm shift right so the way people behave is changing and how they behave in the quick uh, access to information the way it's going to change so I'm going to talk about that. And I think on we understand on the next slide is that voice interfaces and voice. So what are the qualities? Like it's fast, easy, it's personalized. And one of the things that really stood out to me, it's context driven. Mm. And I think that's really the key. It's the ability to understand where people are in that journey and the kind of questions that they ask. So Thinking back to our buyer's journeys, Craig, if we're at the start, someone's question is going to be very different to someone who is in the process of making a decision about a product or a service and the questions they ask. Because as, as they've gone down the buyer's journey, they've, they've informed themselves, they've learned, and they ask more educated questions. So 
I thought that was really interesting. And I guess part of this is really around how Google's doing a lot of that interpreting uh, yes. of things as well, and maybe Siri and these other, I guess, uh, interfaces to it as well. That whole context, do you think it's Google that's doing that for you, or do you think we can still be I still think proactive we, in the content that we write, absolutely. making sure that it matches the context and, and with, um, with keeping voice search in mind? Yeah, absolutely. I think we have to think about that now, think about context, the content, but also the context of what we're talking about. And I, and I think that is going to grow more and more as we get, and I think really understanding your buyer is going to be the real key. Now, the, another big thing that dives into this is the accuracy. So you'll notice that one of the things for this to work is that accuracy has to improve and also speed. So you'll see they talk about low latency here. That's also really important because no one wants to wait 10 seconds for Siri to respond and tell, tell you what's going on. So, and as, as accuracy grows, more and more people will jump on and there will be using voice search i know in google partners for example every time we have something they they talk about voice search and they have been doing so for the last two years and it's quite interesting because obviously it's something they work on every day it's something they're always looking to improve and as they shift devices and you know go into cars and so on like this transcends computers and phones but it goes into home devices cars Lots of other places which we have not even mentioned, and I don't know where it would be, but that's what's going to happen. It's just going to be driven like that. Yeah, and I think that's right. This is the important point. There's these kind of uh, hurdles at the moment, so the accuracy is not quite there, and the latency causes slight disgruntlement by the users. And the point out of the report is these are being fast solved. So if you think voice search is still years away because of these hurdles. Think again, because they're being solved very quickly. That's right. And that's why voice search is rising so rapidly. Correct. You can see so, it taking off there now. We've got a screenshot of this, but just for people listening, it's basically from 2013, it's just started taking off in a massive trajectory, and we're just about to see that ramp up yet again. Absolutely. And I think what's interesting in this graph, Craig, um, that you see is that what are the what are the terms right and this is from google trends call dad is at the bottom but still increasing call mum is pretty much at the top and navigate home which is really interesting because real activities the yeah they're real activities right and so people have gone well i want to get home so i think it's interesting like i often now when i get in the car and it connects to the bluetooth you see your phone says oh it's like 15 minutes to get home like how do you know it's 15 minutes to get home but again, it's what people want to know because they clearly from this picked up that people want to know how long it takes to get home or take me home. Well, the, the whole point of this, though, is because you might be saying, well, hang on, I'm a marketing manager. I'm not optimizing for the term <laughs> navigate home. No, the point is this is what people will naturally use as their, their communication preference. So if they're doing that with everyday activities, that's how they're going to want to interact with you as well. So it'll affect all industries and contexts. Correct. Now, finally, Craig, I want to. There's some interesting timeline here about how it's really gaining share and what things are doing. So, one of the things I wanted to highlight was that if you look on, I'll talk about this. There's kind of like three interesting points or four interesting points. There was obviously Siri that was introduced. There is uh, Baidu, which is another search engine. There's the Amazon Echo. So, this is a product that oh, Amazon yeah, yeah, yeah. sells, which uh, you pretty much keep on your kitchen bench and you can say, hey, um, 
Echo, tell me what the weather is today. So it'll, it'll go to the web and it'll find out what the weather is today and actually talk back to you. And I've seen that being advertised on TV in, the, in America. So, right, okay. Which I think is really interesting. And what I found re- another interesting thing is like obviously Bing, which we don't talk about much often, but 25% of searches performed on Windows 10 taskbars are voice activated uh, voice searches, which I think is pretty, right. pretty big. So, I mean, it, I know a lot of people don't talk about that because we talk about Siri and about Apple, but even on Microsoft, on Windows, people are doing it. Even on Microsoft. <laughs> and then, so, well, the thing to point out there is that, yeah, so Windows 10's been doing that for a while now. Correct. Voice search. And Mac OS is just getting Siri now. Exactly. So, like, everyone will talk about how it's an innovation, <laughs> innovation for Apple, but it's been on Windows for ages already. So, But, yeah, the point is this is... This is not, it's not a fad. It's not a fad. This is becoming the norm. And I'm going to put something out there. So this is Andrew Ng from uh, Baidu. Like he's the chief scientist. And this is in 2020 he's saying in five years' time, at least 50% of searches are going to be either through images or speech. Mm. Now that's a bold statement, but I, I don't think he's far off. And I guess in around 2020 we'll come back to this episode and we'll we'll be able to tell oh look I, I wouldn't mind betting it's quicker than that and just because my behavior when we got our apple tv at home and there was the siri button my first response was oh novelty no one will use this we use it all the time it's yeah. just so natural now um and i guess that's a i guess the apple tv's i guess there's no keyboard to put it in there no, anyway exactly. so you had yeah. to flick around but makes it's obvious there but yeah every device and things like that but i what what's interesting about this we were discussing this before the show is okay so in marketing terms that's great because all of that kind of stuff is well google's taking care of that and amazon echo's taking and siri's taking care of what does this mean for marketing because it's great we can see this trend but how should we respond to that Mm. And two of the things, I guess the two ways to think about it. One is them getting to your site, as we mentioned earlier, just about being aware of the context, the buyer's journey, writing content for it that you know will be useful for someone that has voice searched for it. So they've got a particular way, behavior probably that's um, more conversational and more interactive. But then the second thing, which these slides didn't really go into, but we were discussing, is just around, well, okay, that's them getting to your site or your app or your asset, your yes. property. How do you actually make your site better for voice? Yeah. And, and this, I'm not seeing anyone really doing this yet. But They're we, not? We're now, just thinking like you, you go to a site, right? You've used voice, Google Voice Search to get yes. to the site. But you're in your site. Surely you just want to use Voice Search or Voice interaction with the exactly. site itself to do stuff yeah so i think the next phase will be like oh can you read this page to me click a button or i have seen and i tested this out a couple of years ago is like you can leave a voicemail on your site so yeah. someone press the button leaves a voicemail gets sent to you as an email or as a wav file and then you can respond to that well that's exactly i on a contact page yeah so you go to the site then you a contact page and then you, you don't want to have to then tap 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 fill in a contact form you just want to press you want to hold the press button exactly hi this is uh craig please call me and the site just knows because you were on your mobile when you did it so it knows a little bit about your mobile and then they just call you back or contact you that's the interaction people are going to want yeah absolutely and i think that's the things we need to be aware of just keep in mind as we move ahead this is what's happening and just be aware what's going on in the industry 
All right, on to shot seven, our community item of the week. Did you see this? The HubSpot pitch off. <laughs> I thought this is so. So now cool. I thought this is cool, but I think the prize is fantastic, Craig. Like. We're just going to tie. Obviously, you get to. They'll give you HubSpot Enterprise and all this other stuff. Well, hang on, hang on. We better explain what it is first. Yeah, go on, explain. <laughs> so the pitch off because I only heard about this today. Yes. Like it's a big thing. It like is. A, I, it's I massive. I hadn't actually heard about it, but it's basically a pitch off for startups. So this won't apply to traditional uh, companies if you're a marketing manager. But if you're a marketing manager in a startup and you're still in the formative stages, so less than three million in revenue per year. Uh, but you're growing and you want to pitch your product or service uh, to a fairly responsive audience and some judges at inbound, then this is the competition for you. Now, you ha- have to have an, a US entity as part of your yes. structure, uh, So, but most people can organize that. But yeah, tell us about the prizes because this is fantastic. Yeah, so you obviously get access to inbound, you get tickets to inbound, you get enterprise for a year which is massive um you get 18k in sponsorship yeah booth at inbound 2017 but one thing i really saw in there that really got me was office hours with hubspot's cro mark Roberge, damesh and brian yeah now mark Roberge, that i think cro is chief revenue officer he's the one that did most of their inbound sales Sales. certification he is and i've uh, he's written that book sales acceleration Formula, yes. i think which we reviewed exactly. a couple of episodes ago he's amazing he basically grew hubspot Correct. from five people <coughs> to whatever Damesh, well you know personal hero and brian. of mine and brian personal hero of yours i think yeah and you know what that alone for that prize that is gold <laughs> it makes me want to go and create a startup just to enter this but Look, it's a fantastic opportunity for anyone in a startup. And I've got a number of friends who are in yes. a startup and they, they're looking at HubSpot. They're part of their marketing, yes. that whole growth hacker um, approach. This is a fantastic opportunity for you to work on your startup, pitch it in front of people and get access to these people if you win. Yeah. I, I wish they would do a competition for agencies. Call <laughs> <laughs> cool agency pitch off or something like that. Anyway, anyway it's there. Item. There it is, yep. All right, now our podcast of the week, Craig, is... The Content Inc. Po- uh, podcast, Joe Polizzi. Yes, I've been, I've been in, in listening to it and enjoying it. It's usually about three to four minutes long. I think we should go listen to it. It's really good. And if you think, ah, uh, didn't I hear about this a couple of episodes ago? Yes, you did. We're mentioning it again because it is so useful. All right, let's and our podcast of the week. And app yep. of the week, Craig, is Over. Now, this is an app. Uh, it runs on Android and uh, iOS. And it's an app I've used quite a bit over time to actually create a lot of the stuff for Instagram that we put out there. Okay. So I do that for Search and Be Found and for HubShots using that so app. So explain it a bit because I haven't used this app. Okay. So it's an easy app for creativity and design. So you can get a picture, you can add filters, you can put text on the top of it. Right. Uh, right. You can do all sorts of funky things, but really great, easy to use. Well, uh, it's one of the ones I've used for a while. I've tested quite a few out, but this is one that I keep coming back to. So a graphic design app on, on your phone, but wouldn't you just use Photoshop on your desktop, Ian? No, Craig. <laughs> it's all going to mobile, isn't it? I'm, I'm amazed at how many graphics apps there are on mobile. Yeah. And they're so useful. Absolutely. And I think that's the key. That's, it's been one of the apps that I have found really easy to use and to get a great result. 
And finally, uh, quote of the week, Craig. We should just make this the Gary Vaynerchuk quote of the week section. But yeah, he's, he's famous for saying this, actually. There's never been a better time in the history of time to start a business. And he explains this in his personal branding course, just about the opportunities we have now. Absolutely. Compa- he likes to say, compare this to your grandparents. Did yeah. they have opportunities we have now for starting and growing a business? No. No. All right. Remember... As we always say, test and measure. Test and measure. All righty. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. That brings us to the end of the show. We'd love your feedback as always. So please drop us a note on our contact form on the site or on iTunes review. We'd, We'd love that. Or, you know, have a conversation with us on Instagram or Twitter. And it would be a great place to connect. And don't forget, if you want to be a part of the WhatsApp group, please fill out the form on the website and let us know your number. Alrighty, thanks Ian. I'll catch you again next week. Thank you, Craig. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.